This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Some companies are now toying with more flexible workplace policies after facing a fast-spreading Omicron variant that forced many to leave their jobs last year. Policies like fully remote work, four-day weeks. I mean, how bad could an extra weekend day be? Let's discuss these new workplace ideas with Danielle Abril, a technology at work reporter for The Washington Post. Hi, Danielle. Welcome back to Reset. Hi, Sasha. Glad to be here. So we've talked about tech giants like Zoom and Slack approaching this return to work very differently. How have they readjusted to the closures during Omicron? Yeah, so the way these companies have gone about taking this time is is to really reevaluate how they're viewing work. Um, And in this case, you know, Zoom and Slack being sort of at the forefront of helping others with remote work, given their technologies, you know, Zoom is a video conferencing platform platform, excuse me, and Slack, a a communications platform for folks uh, who work together to be able to communicate um, whether they're in the office or remotely. So this was really their chance to sort of, you know, drink their own Kool-Aid and practice what they preach, basically. So they went about it basically looking at how can we offer our workers flexibility to still do their job, which they learned during the pandemic um, was basically that their workers could be just as productive remotely as they could in the office. And what is the best approach? Um, so, so they have slightly, you know, changed the way that they look at this and really allowed their workers to decide what makes sense for them. Slack moving towards more of a, a digital headquarters view um, where they're mostly remote mm-hmm. uh, and, and using the office just for like office place gatherings and teamwork and, and any employee who just wants to come in on their own. And then Zoom moving towards a, a more sort of three-pronged approach, which allows individuals to choose, do you want to be an in-office worker? Do you want to be a hybrid worker, meaning you're part at home or, or remote and part in office? Or do you want to be completely remote and giving them the flexibility to to switch those options at any moment? So it's this balance between flexibility and employee productivity. Absolutely. Um, And and like I said, I think most companies found during this time that productivity didn't change much. um, And oftentimes it even went up. So really understanding how can we get the best of both worlds. Have these groups indicated how employee decisions to to work may um, affect their paychecks, be it in the office or remotely or a hybrid model like you described? Sure. So I think different companies are taking the approach differently. Um, Slack and companies like Twitter and Facebook have announced policies that would adjust workers' paychecks based on where they're at, solely based on the cost of living. So a software developer in San Francisco might get paid a totally different market rate than, say, a software developer in Utah um, because the cost of living there is different. So they are adjusting for that. Zoom, however, has said that uh, they do not currently have plans to readjust workers' pay based on location. So it's Mm -hmm. really a case-by-case situation. Well, you know what it makes me think of, Danielle? Many of us still kind of have a a workplace culture of not talking about salaries, right? And and communication about anything right now can be a challenge when you've got a lot of your team working from home. So do you think that the issue will persist or get worse because of this? 
I think it's, it's a really interesting topic, Sasha, and one I'm actually looking into. Um, you know, experts have been telling me that, you know, it's really important to not forget when you're a remote worker that pay transparency is a thing. And if your employer is not giving you the transparency that you need, you are within your legal rights to do the extra work and try to get some pay transparencies within your colleagues or within folks at a new employer in which you might want to join. So, yeah, I do think it's a bit of a more, a bigger challenge, especially when you're not seeing folks, when you, you are working maybe across states. Um, but it doesn't make the issue any less important. Yeah. If employees are spending different amounts of time in the office, too, how can the managers ensure that they're going to be treated equally? Absolutely. And this is one thing that, um, you know, experts have told me has to be a conscious decision um, because in office or, or I should just say workplace equity um, can be really uh, or inequity can really be exacerbated if they're not taking an intentional approach to creating these new workplace policies. So if they're going to go a hybrid approach or all remote, you know, how do they make sure that you know, all employees are getting the same opportunities and that just because perhaps one employee is in the office every Wednesday when the manager is in the office every Wednesday, that that employee doesn't get more opportunities than the employee that comes in on Tuesday and never sees the manager. Mm. Um, Zoom is approaching this in an interesting way because they're actually planning to provide management training on this to make sure that everything that they do um, ideally, is approached in an equitable way. And, and one example they gave me um, was like in-person lunches. So let's say they're having an, an office lunch, but they're, they've got a hybrid environment, right? Some employees are at home, some employees are, are in person. If they're going to do an in-person lunch, you may think, oh, let's go to, down to the taco shop, we'll talk shop, yeah. and that'll be that. They're saying, no, we want our managers to say, if some of the team members are not here because they're working remotely, we need to have a catered lunch in a conference room where there are Zoom tools that we can include everybody equally. Um, so taking that approach to just have the remote workers top of mind so that those inequities aren't exacerbated. And just so we're clear, Danielle, how much do employees want to work outside the office? Well, that's a funny question because it really depends on who you ask, right? Um, so I actually spoke to some employees and they actually said, you know, it, it really depends on the person. It depends on the office. It depends on the facilities. It depends on their comfort level with safety. That being said, um, you know, U.S. office occupancy dipped to 28% during the third week of January. That's a big difference compared to November when it was 40%. So, and, and I think that's mostly driven by, you know, the, um, the Omicron variant and sort of safety concerns both from companies and employees. So I think that comfort level is just going to change over time, and it's really individually based, which is why I think, companies like Zoom and Slack are taking a really individual approach and saying, you need to do what makes sense for you. Not all employees want to be remote. Not all employees want to be in the office. So how do we find a balance? This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about the future of work. Yes, we've talked about it before, but as the pandemic persists, employers are getting really creative with how we work. With us is Danielle Abril. She's technology at work reporter for The Washington Post. 
Coming up on the program, how UChicago helps Southside entrepreneurs expand their businesses. Stay with us for that conversation. So, Danielle, what are organizations doing with the mostly empty office spaces? Again, this is a a question for every company. Um, Some office, some companies like Kickstarter are just completely getting rid of their offices. They're saying, you know, we're going remote during this time. We don't need an office space. Granted, they're also planning to possibly open up a new space that will cater to perhaps their more current needs, which may not be 100% in the office. Okay. um, Or it may be, or maybe just looks a little different. Um, Other companies are, you know, renting out free space or slimming down or just changing the way the office is set up and and creating more of like a hot desk space where you go in and you sort of rent your desk for a day, but you don't have a permanent place to be because you're not there every day. You're not even there on the same days every week. So it is changing the way employers are looking at their real estate. Yeah. How how about communication, Uh, not only between peers at work, but also from management? How has working remotely affected all that? Um, I, I mean, I we have more tools, but are, are, is it working? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and, and again, uh, I, I wish I had all the answers to know that yes, it is or no, it isn't. But again, I do think it really depends on the company and the approach that they've taken. And I think it really has to be from, from all I've heard from experts and companies I've spoken to is it really has to be a top down, you know, culture based approach where everybody knows how we communicate, when we communicate. Is it all at the same time, on the same days? Do we have meetings? Is it asynchronously where we're putting things in Google Docs and picking up notes because we're all working at different times? But the biggest issue is just sort of being on the same page so that everybody knows what the communication styles are and how to be effective in that so that everybody's included Mm -hmm. And um, everybody knows what's going on, but how effective people are at executing that, I think that totally depends on your employer. Yeah, that's definitely an an individual uh, decision there. Um, We've been talking a lot about tech companies making these changes, but how much of a challenge would it be for these changes to happen across other industries, Danielle? Like finance, for instance. Right. Um, I think that there are some companies across other industries looking at this. The complicated parts uh, or or the complicated uh, pieces of this come into play when there are positions that cannot go remote. Um, even, Even office positions, there are some positions that cannot go remote because if you work on servers all day, you have to be there with the servers. Um, so that's another sort of equity question. How do we make it equitable for the people who have to be in the office or people who are doing clerical work that, you know, maybe going down to a four day work week hurts their job because their clerical work cannot be shortened or reduced. They have the same amount of clerical work every week. So does a four week work, uh, work day work week work for them or does it hurt them? So it really is asking the questions ahead of time is to does this work for our workforce? And across industries, I think it really depends on what functions you have within your company. Well, as you said, Danielle, the, the changes to how we work may benefit one company structure over another. What would you say, though, that employers should keep in mind overall? 
Yeah, I think it's really important, uh, again, based on our reporting from what we're hearing from companies and experts, is just to really be open and flexible to what your workforce wants, what your workforce needs, and what makes sense for the company. Um, Because this is an interesting time. I, I hate using you know, this overused phrase, but it's true, uh, the great resignation or whatever you deem this time is happening. Workers are leaving their jobs for better opportunities. So if you don't have a competitive offering, you could get caught up in that as well. So the changes you're making has to also keep your employees motivated to stay. Exactly. That is Daniela Brill, a technology at work reporter for The Washington Post. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.